sometimes if you stare the monster in the face and you call it a monster, the pain goes away. It's, it's less threatening. What I learned to do is not to say I'm in a bad mood, to say I'm feeling some anxiety right now and I want to get a handle on this. So for me, it helps to just name it and then we can get down to taking care of it. I'm Leon Guidry, and this is the Brother Be Well podcast, brought to you by Sutter Health and the Sacramento County Division of Behavioral Health Services through the voter-approved Proposition 63 Mental Health Services Act. We're going to help you level up and lean into effective solutions for mental health and sustainable wellness for boys and men of color. I want to ask a quick question, if I could, Michael, to, to clarify something there, and also Dr. Houston asked for some clarification um, I thought what I was hearing was we wanted to normalize conversations with mental health professionals. And I was going to ask, Michael, so thank you for doing it. Is it the next best thing to talk to a lay person about what's going on? Or is it even better than that? Is it equally as beneficial for someone that may be in crisis or approaching crisis to reach out to someone who, while they may not be clinically trained, just that personal contact will be enough to sort of... Um, begin the healing process, if that question makes sense. Was this, was this to me? To you or to Dr. Houston, is there a benefit? I, I think I know what you're going to say, Michael, so I'm wondering if if you and I are right, that there's a, a real value to reaching out to individuals who may not be clinicians or mental health professionals in those times of crisis or pre-crisis. I think there is. I think there, there, there is a great benefit because, you, you know, because I can sit up and I can tell people what I'm, you know, what I'm going through dealing with you know with 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 the professionals because you know, because you know we, we we as a black community we we have you know when it comes to dealing with uh therapies doctors even even ministers in in the church we you know we, we, we there's a trust issue there uh, you, know, you know if i if i talk well we'll just get out to every everyone else so, you know so me as a as a, me as a person with lived experience I, I, you know i think i can help guide them to find or even seek out professional help yeah yeah and just briefly, Michael, the uh, the need for peers in the mental health system, as they call it, cannot be overstated. We're in a situation where, you know, all families, everybody really needs to on. But we do need to look at the cultural appropriateness or the cultural relevance of those relationships. And what we're seeing is that people want someone who has similar experiences who look like them. So it's on the public mental health systems, healthcare systems, or private individuals who are doing therapy to really uh, look at their market base and how they can be much more culturally relevant by looking at class standards or trying to, um, you know, figure out the best methods uh, by engaging peers in the system. And there's even legislation moving in that direction. Um, and I don't remember all of the particulars, but California is very much behind other states when it comes to peers in the mental health system. And they are to be valued. They should be paid. Uh, it's a it's a it's a career that can really be a lifeline for someone. Uh, I know someone in my family, a younger person, really needed a younger person to talk to who looked like them, who had the same experiences, and who was much more open uh, to um, you know to talking with somebody who looked like them and who had those similar experiences. There is a movement um, in our state with respect to peers and in healthcare. Um, and then also the community health workers uh, should be similar, you know, in terms of the communities that they serve, 
and so that they look like the people who are in the community who really need those support services. Yeah, I think this is, and that's very important. And I think um, diversity, that kind of touches on two different things. Um, one being uh, diversity in healthcare, um, so that you build that bond with your um, your um, care professional, right? Like whether if you're a black woman, sometimes there's conversations that can only be had or people can relate more if you have if you're speaking to a health professional that's also African American. Um, and then it also talks we also look at more interventions. Um, more, I don't want to say more recently, but at least in the last 20 years, there's been more a, more of a push to meet people where they are, right? We know there's a big uh, mistrust among African Americans with the healthcare. So there's a lot of um, uh, organizations that are going out, reaching out at barbershops or at churches, um, at salons, uh, places that we find that we're able to open up with. There's been a lot of education to our work to educate barbers or even just hypertension education, um, educating on just. And I think those are two big things um, with more adding more diversity to healthcare. It also having your parents be able to seek um, treatment, you know, and finding a peer that we were talking about that may help with the future generations. It's the other thing I want us to remember um, is as a healthcare professional, I often tell people that, you know, I, I listen to as a manager, um, now I listen to patients complain about this doctor or this nurse or this person or what they did um, or this system. And I think that we tend to lose ourselves in the equation. Um, we are the solution that we've been waiting for in our own homes, in our own neighborhoods, in our own communities. So I think we have to have, you know, step one is we have to have an onus in the solution. Um, and because there are so many resources in um, your everyday circles or stepping out of your everyday circle. Um, so that's one layer. The other layer is diversity in um, practitioners or peers that are there. I mean, that that's also a largely um, misconceived issue. Some will say it's access to positions. Um, I'd argue to say, even in my own personal education, I've been one of the few or one of the only persons in each of my graduating class um, that is um, of African-American descent. So if there's only one of us graduating from each class, if everyone wanted to hire us, there would only be, there's only one place that we can go. So I think our pipeline issues contribute to that, um, which is not just as an easy uh, a fix as hiring more um, persons of color, especially in California. You go to Atlanta, you probably find more persons of color that meet the educational criteria to get into the healthcare field and you'll actually see that there. So we have a unique, um, because we're, I, I don't think California is a melting pot. I said it's more of like a salad because we have lots of different pieces. Uh, we are diverse, but um, not overwhelmingly do we have enough persons of color that are um, that have access to the opportunities and education to be in those um, positions, which is another thing that um, I'm really passionate about and our organization is passionate about. We're looking to fix those types of um, issues. And then the, the last thing I would say about this, why why is it important? Um, this is health. This is life or death. Um, I almost, I, I kind of don't like the nomenclature around mental health because it's just health. Like your brain is an organ. It's a part of your body. I wish instead of a diagnosis for mental health, I could put your arm in a cast. When someone sees your arm is broken, let me grab that door for you. 
Um, let me help you out. You need me to carry that for you? Are you in pain? You need something? I'll bring your groceries by. Let me help you out. Your arms are broken. Um, it is the same thing. Your mental health is a chemical imbalance or maybe a, a biological um, issue that's going on with the organ itself. And because we separate the two, I think we make it less significant um, when it is just as important. Poor mental health leads to suicide. It leads to um, poor decision-making, substance abuse, lots of these other issues. So the consequence is huge, yet we minimize it like, oh, well, you know, she's having a bad day. Um, it's all about health, their overall health. So I think as we frame this and why it's important and how we move forward is, um, you know, how we frame our mental health, it's really just health, right? It is our health. It is, it is life or death. If you are depressed and you are not eating a healthy diet and you gain weight and get diabetes and your foot gets cut off and then they cut off your leg and then you die of sepsis, that mental health shows you how much of a health problem it is. So I think we have to um, care about mental health as much as we do our physical health. Um, and I think that's going to change the narrative when we talk to people about this. It is just as important. It's not a buzzword or something to do or something new. This is our health. Our life depends on it. Um, you need your brain for every function that you do. Um, it should be the first thing you take care of. So I think we have to um, reframe how we look at it. And like I said before, really make sure it's a component in every area of our life, just like we drink water and go to sleep and go to the bathroom and exercise. Like this is a part of our overall health. So I think we have to keep that um, that focus as well and do what we can with our families, right? Like that's where it starts um, in our community, in our home, um, the hospitals, the organizations, the systems that have structural racism um, have yet to serve us since the beginning of especially post-slavery African-Americans in this country. Um, so are we going to still invest in that institution for the solution, right? I think we have to do something different that's dynamic, what these kids are doing, stepping outside of this, the structures that oppress um, to make some of our own solutions, right? So um, I tell people, I don't want to be, I am a healthcare person. I have signed up to take care of people. I love it. It's my calling. It's what I've been blessed to do. Um, do not put your health in my hands. I want to assist you, inform you to make the best decisions for your life, um, to help you be happy, healthy, and whole. Um, but the onus isn't on me as your healthcare provider. Um, the onus is on you to take that information and make those decisions for yourself and your family. Um, so as soon as we stop waiting for the doctor to make us healthy or give us a pill, but owning what we can do, I think we're going to be better off um, as a community. Um, and just like I said, it starts with our families. It starts with these conversations. I, I thought that was, if I could just say, I thought that was so powerful for you to yes. talk about um, aligning mental health with health and getting rid of that mental health tag. And I'm, it just caused me to ponder, have we inadvertently, uh, if not created, introduced the notion of stigma by adding mental in front of health. Maybe from the beginning, a generation or two ago, had that been occurring, I'm, I personally might not have felt so uncomfortable because your analogy about breaking your arm, it's in a cast, everybody knows what to do. If there hadn't been that, that mental ahead of health 
it would have immediately been seen as the same. My appendix failed. I had an operation. I got better. I was in a car accident. I got my head stitched up. I got better. But there was always that mental ahead of health that I think maybe held held back generations of people. I thought that was really, really powerful to just get rid of that as a means to reducing, if not eliminating, stigma. Yes, Sheree, I want I want to say that was right on. Um, um, this was something that I came to, um, to 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 understand that when the pandemic came along, I, I, I decided to try to figure out a way to make 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 a bad time good. And um, already suffering from high blood pressure diabetes and, and, and high cholesterol. I got with my doctors at, at the VA, got on, got on a, a new telehealth program. And I just, I decided that I, I can do better with my mental, my mental health, my mental stability, if I can improve on my physical self. And since, um, since then I actually started in January, but, but it really took hold in March. Since then I've lost 22 pounds. I've come, I've, I've, I pretty much, I would say there's about a 90% uh, increase in, in, my, in my overall phys- phys- physical health where I'm managing my diabetes and, and my high blood pressure and my cholesterol. They're all, uh, they're all into, into healthy standards, the healthy standards. Um, I dropped, um, I went from like 8.3 to 7.1 with my A1C in, in four months. Um, I'm, still, I'm still working on it. So yes, you know, I, I feel that my my mental my, my, my mental health is better, definitely. And, 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 and if I hadn't tried to do something with the physicals, I, I think I, I think I would still be in in a dark place. Um, I don't I don't know I don't I don't know. It's it's amazing that you came up with this, and I, I wholeheartedly support everything that you said. I think it was great. It was strong, and this that's a message that needs to continue on. Well, congratulations to you. It is not chronic disease management is not easy. Um, and I appreciate you sharing that with us. And I'm very excited about your progress. And um, I can hear it in your voice that you'll continue as well. But th- that's definitely a part of it. It's all connected. We try to separate things into buckets, but it's really, um, you know, your mind, your body and your spirit are one. Um, and it, it does make a difference, but I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, so, I mean, it makes me happy. The nurse in me is excited for your A1C to go down. That's, right. um, that's, that's not easy. It's not easy to do the right thing. It's, it's not. Um, and, you're, and your mind might tell you to do the wrong thing. Uh, but that's um, I'm very proud of you. Thank you for sharing that. And, and I could just add to that. I met Michael just a month ago. And after that first Zoom meeting, I, he mentioned we were talking about physical health. The morning after that first Zoom meeting, I get a 7.30 a.m. text from Michael saying, so you taking that walk? You on that bike? What are you doing? So he is living it as well as talking it for sure. That's great. I appreciate everyone's insights here. This is such a dynamic conversation. And I know the Brother Be Well community will be enriched in uh, hearing these things and we'll keep these uh, conversations going for them for their wellness and education and awareness. I want to make a call for final thoughts and tips around uh, wellness uh, for African-American families dealing with mental health um, so that we can reduce the stigma, in fact, remove barriers altogether for whole person living, for self-care, for just living fully 
and uh, not contributing to a more quality of life, uh, which is something that we we all should be striving to live as fully as possible. So any final thoughts for our audience about uh, living fully, reducing stigma and uh, and self-care? Just feed yourself physically, spiritually, socially, financially, and even mentally, reading something. Feed yourself in those five areas and in your overall health and well-being just escalates. I think kind of uh, like what Cherie said with uh, to um, when you have a broken arm, you know, take it easy as far as so with your mental health, um, if you're going through a wave of depression, um, anxiety to make sure you take care of yourself. Um, we call it, we all call it self-care now. Um, so if you have a broken leg, you don't fix it by taking more stairs. So if you're suffering from acute issue, um, definitely try to take some time off and work on yourself and don't pile on more. I think I would say um, I, I agree with everything that's been said thus far. I think I would I would add um, name it. I, I remember years ago I was going through a challenge and I, I didn't really know how to face it. And a friend of mine said, if you sometimes if you stare at a monster in the face and you call it a monster, it, the pain goes away. It's, it's less threatening. So what I've learned to do is not to say I'm in a bad mood to say I'm feeling some anxiety right now and I've got I want to get a handle on this. So for me, it helps to just name it and then we can get down to taking care of it. For, for me, one thing that I think is very, very important for anyone is suffering from um any, any form of mental illness and all, and you know, we all, we have to remember too, that everyone is not diagnosed. We all go through traumas, but the, the one thing that I think is important and something that I try to do is take responsibility for my life, taking responsibility for the things that are, 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 are not right. Whether, you know, and even, even, the, even the things in the past, if I just take responsibility for my life and not, and not wait on others to, um, make those improvements that I need. I'm going to be. I'm going to be uh, all the more better for it. Um, I would say um, another um, old saying. I swear I've been here before, <laughs> but um, and I, I, I am also a um, religious person. But what a man thinks, so is he. Um, your your mental self talk, your affirmations, the things that you say and believe about yourself are true. Um, if you are getting healthier a day at a time. If you if your goal is that you will get through this day and you're not worried about the week, um, that is what you put your energy and your um, and what you are watering, you know, what you feed grows. So are you going to grow your depression and your anxiety? Are you going to grow your healthy relationships? You're having your accountability friends that you can call about that walk, having those people that um, invest in your time and your energy towards the, the place and, and the space that you want to be in. So I would say it's very important not to say those negative things to yourself um, because that's where it starts. So as those things start to happen, um, exactly as my brother said here, replacing that complaint about something with taking note that you are experiencing something and accepting it for that um, and being less judgmental on yourself. That's great. I appreciate all of those insights and uh, such uh, knowledge, you know, for our, for us as individuals and for our larger community. This has been a, a great discussion. Uh, we are so appreciative of the California, the Capital City, I'm sorry, Black Nurses Association for joining us. 
and thank you for your concern for our audience and for our cause and our mission, and certainly to our content director, Michael Coleman, and our uh, expert with lived experience and who brings um, his expertise and peer support to our model, Michael Gant, for sharing uh, his insights and his experience with us, very rich and deep and and lastly, those, um, those words of wisdom. So we are going to close now and we look forward to our next discussion uh, about men and stigma and mental health and certainly more to come in the weeks and months ahead. Uh, so for Mental Health California and the Brother Be Well Initiative, I'm the director, K.N. Smith, and you can get more information from our website at mentalhealthca.org. Be sure to visit our Brother Be Well page and sign up for our alerts so we can keep you in the know of what's going on. So thank you to all. I appreciate you very, very much for being with us today and uh, look forward to more conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Brother Be Well podcast. There are lots of people that look like us stepping up to take the journey to wellness. Stay connected by joining peer support groups and happenings in the Brother Be Well community this month. Watch for text alerts and hook up with us for the next episode of Brother Be Well. I'm Leon Guidry, and we're out.